Welcome to Touched by Grace, an outreach of Grace for the Nation's Church here in the city of Grand Rapids, Michigan. For more information, visit us on the web at gftnc.org. And now, here's Touched by Grace. So let's go to 2 Chronicles really quickly, 2 Chronicles. And then I promise you'll end up on a happy note. You will, you will. You'll end up on a happy note. So 2 Chronicles 7 and 14, 2 Chronicles 7 and 14, familiar because prayer is the focus of this particular passage of scripture, but today I want to borrow it for the turning point. I want to borrow this scripture just for the turning point. What does it say? Let's read it together. If my people and turn, stop right there, and do what? Turn. And do what? Turn. The men of grace were singing, late in the midnight hour, God's going to turn it around. So it says, and turn from their wicked ways. What else does it say? Then if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and restore their land. Anybody got some broken stuff that needs to be restored? Relationships, finances, emotions, physical conditions. God is a repairer of the breaches and the broken places, but we simply have to do our part of the deal and is hidden right there in the scriptures. If is one of the most operative words in the language that we know as English. If is a very powerful language, a word in the in the English language. If because it hinges on faith. It hinges on possibilities. It hinges on probability. It hinges on so many different things. That's a really deep and complex word. Two letters. If. That's not even the focus, however. What's important here is it says that if we do some things, specifically if my people, how many, how many of us are God's people? I know you got people. I know you got people because I got people too. In fact, the people I got got people that's got people that's got people. So we all got people. God's got people. And I believe that God's people come to the house of God on a regular basis and they try to do the things that God instructs us to do through the people of God who've been appointed in the house of God where the people of God come to hear what God has to say to his people. I can say it again if you want me to. So, so, so God has people who come to the house of God to hear the appointed people of God that instructs the people of God to be the people of God. It's really not as complex as it may seem. If is more complex than that. If is more complex to just know that if you say you're God's people, then you show up at God's house and you do what God says do. And we live like godly people and we walk like godly people and we act like godly people and we give like godly people and we serve like godly people. I know it sounds redundant, doesn't it? And that's because it can't just be a person. It's got to be a people. He didn't say if my person, which is called by my name, He said, if my people, which are called collective group of people, more than one, not just you or me, but you and me, not just him or her, but him, her, and all of us together. We are the people of God. One passage of scripture says, beloved, now we are the sons of God. That includes daughters. But it doesn't yet appear what we shall be. But we know that we shall be like him. So we may not be everything that we're supposed to be, but we're his people. How many got some people that's not exactly what you would be proud of, but, we, but they're your people, right? Yeah, in fact, you might be that people. You might be that person that is like, yeah, that's my, that's my cousin. That's my brother. Yeah, he's, that's, that's my husband. That's my wife. We, we just might, that's my son or my daughter. That's my dad. Oh, dad. 
I embarrass my kids all the time. And it's intentional. God never embarrasses us. So that's the flesh side of me. That's not the, that's not the God side. There's some dads in here, you know, you embarrass your kids and they be like, dad. And then they start singing in the grocery stores like, you want to sing? We can put on a musical right here in the midst of Meyer. But what we have to realize is that God wants us to be identified with him as our father. He doesn't want us to be embarrassed or ashamed. One of the writers says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes. To everybody that believes. How many believers in the room? I didn't say how many white believers or black believers or Latino believers. I didn't say, I didn't specify. I just said believers. Which means that God's people is obviously made up of a lot of different kinds of people. Short ones, tall ones, big ones, small ones, rich ones, poor ones. Sleepy ones, awake and alert ones, all kinds of people. People are people all over the world. I've traveled to five countries, and going there, I realize those are people. They're God's people. And they're just like me and you, people, people of God. And when we recognize that, when we realize that, when we accept that, we can get over ourselves. Look at somebody say, get over you. We have to get over ourselves because we think we're the only ones going through. How many been through this week, this past week alone? Oh, so I'm not the only one. How many have some disappointments this week? Just, you know, things didn't turn out just quite like you thought they should. And I'm a child of God and God must have forgot about me. And I don't know what it is. I just don't know what I'm just going through right now. We're in this thing together. So if you're going through, I'm going through. I'm just on the other end shouting because I didn't get scathed on the way out. But I'm going through if you're going through. You're going through if I'm going through. And everything that affects one of us affects all of us in some type of way. Everything that affects one of us affects all of us in some type of way. So the unity of being a part of the people of God is not an option. We don't get to choose whether or not we want to be one of the people because he says my people. We're not our people on loan to God. We're God's people. As, in, as independent as we might think we are, we are interconnected, even though we're independent. I got my own, my own room, my own house, my own car, my own food, my own this, my own that, and you don't own any of it. Seriously. So we belong to God. We are God's. The Bible tells us in Romans that none of us lives to ourselves and none of us die to ourselves. For if we live or we die, we are the Lord's. No man is an island. No woman is an island. When we boil it all down, we all have a responsibility to this. And the reason why I'm spending so much time here is because, one, I've got the whole month to deal with it. But secondly, I want to make sure that when we get to these things right here, that we don't disassociate ourselves. It says, if my people, which are called by my name, we're called by the name of Jesus. I don't care what denomination it is. I don't care what the church affiliation is. If we are the sons and daughters of God, we're called by the name of God through his son, Jesus Christ. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes on him will not perish, but have everlasting life. He didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. If you saved, you got you're saved through Jesus Christ. So we're called by his name. There is no other name whereby men must be saved, but at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God, our Father. There we go, our Father. And so we cannot disassociate ourselves even by denominational name. That's why I'm not big on telling people, you know, well, I'm of the such and such, such and such, such and such denomination. How come we just can't be believers, born again, children of God, saints? Of the most high. 
How come we just can't be that? How come, how come we can't just be born again? Now, of course, there are affiliation. You got a last name, right? You got a first name. You got names that you didn't even, that somebody else gave you. So the names are okay, but it's not all in the name except the name of Jesus. That's the only name that really matters. There's power in the name. If I was of a particular denomination, by the time I grabbed a hold of that, you'd be, yes, yes, because of the name or because of our feelings that go with the name. So I feel some kind of way about being a child of God. I do. And it's becoming more and more imperative to me that we should turn. It says here that if my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves, that's an important factor, humility. Got to have some humility. And pray and seek my face. There's something weird about that because people think that praying is praying and praying is, that's it. We just pray. Praying opens the door to seeking the face of God. They're not always one and the same because I'm seeking God right now for how to get out of this. <laughs> All right, y'all pray. You pray, I seek. And so what happens is that we learn how to seek God through those steps or those elements. We humble ourselves. We pray. We then seek God's face. And once we seek God's face, we find out that we're not where we're supposed to be. I'm just giving you the successive order of this particular scripture. So once we get there, we realize that we're not all that and the bag of chips. We, we, we're not even, we're some of that, just a little bit of that, a percentage of that. We're a diluted version of ourselves, but we can turn. And what I really like about the passage of scripture is that it tells us that we can turn from our wicked ways and then God is going to hear from heaven. You trying to tell me that God is not hearing me? I'm sorry, what'd you say? I couldn't hear you. Why couldn't you hear? Because that other stuff is so loud. The lack of humility is much louder than you being humble. The lack of humility is much louder than me being able to just humble myself under the mighty hand of God and in due season, due season, due season. You know about due when the bills are due. I'm not talking about due in the morning. I'm talking about it's due right now. It's due, due season. Some of us have missed our due season because we didn't do what we were supposed to do during the seasons while we were waiting on our due. I know I messed you up too. Okay, so, and seek my face, turn from their wicked ways. We all have some wicked ways. You say, I'm not wicked. I'm the righteousness of God. On a good day, we're flawed. On on the most perfect day, we did something we weren't supposed to do, thought something we shouldn't have thought or thunk. Remember that? Yeah, we, we did something we weren't supposed to do. Or we omitted something that we should have done, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So on a daily basis, I'm asking God, please forgive me and put me on the right path. That's a turning point. Repentance is a turning point. When you get to the point of realizing you have not arrived, it's not too late to turn and go in the direction heading toward your destiny. That's what we're talking about. And so when we look at turning from our wicked ways, a lot of things can be included. I won't specify those today, but we have done some wicked things in our lives. I have done some wicked things in my life. There has been some wickedness at my door. There has been some wickedness found in me. And God can purge us of all unrighteousness and wickedness. I won't break down the etymology of the word, but wickedness is a spiritual word because, you know, what do you know about wicked? There's the wicked witch of the West, right? Well, there's some spiritual activity to go with wickedness. And we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, rulers of darkness, spiritual wickedness in high places. So wickedness comes as a result of our spiritual exposure, not just our actions or our deeds. 
All right? So you can do something that's damnable and not even have wickedness in your heart. But when wickedness is present, we have some intentional things that we were supposed to do, we didn't do, that we weren't supposed to do, but we did. So I'll elaborate on that a little bit more later. Then will I hear from heaven and I'll forgive their sin. Here's a direct connection. I wish I had one of those laser pointers. There's a direct connection between um, wickedness and sin, just like there's a direct connection between hearing and forgiving. God will hear us when we ask for him to forgive us. And I make that plain because oftentimes people don't know that they have to ask God for forgiveness or I need to ask him to forgive me. But, but we slap God all the time. We slap God. We slap God in the face when we don't tithe. We slap God in the face when we do things that are damnable to our physical bodies. We slap God all the time. And God never, ever destroys us. He's not into that anymore. He's not into that anymore. He warned him with one city and burned it up. And then he did the flood thing. And he said, I'm not doing that again this time. But when I wipe it out, it's going to be for once and for all. Yeah, I won't be saved. No, there'll be no need for a boat. The boat will burn up too. And there's not enough water on the planet that will be able to quench the fire that will come. So we need to get out of the wickedness. Look at somebody say, I'm leaving wickedness behind me. All right, so we're going to wrap this up by looking at the fact that our sins need to be forgiven and our land needs to be healed. So the last passage of Scripture is in James, the first chapter. James, the first chapter. And there were three things that I told you last week that we were going to unpack. We were going to unpack on looking at where we need to turn. Where are the areas that we need to turn? Our habits is the first one. Our mindset and then our, our speech or vocabulary. That's right. So our habits, our can't help it. So, Lord, I need you to turn my habits, turn my mind, and turn my vocabulary, my words. I was hesitant to even use the word vocabulary because I was going to have trouble spelling it. And vocabulary would be the same as words, except vocabulary would be spoken and understood words. That's what a vocabulary is. You've been listening to Touched by Grace, an outreach of Grace for the Nation's Church, in Grand Rapids, Michigan. For more information, log on to our website, gftnc.org, or call us, 616-974-9128. Our mission here at Grace for the Nations Church is to reach the diverse people of the world by teaching biblical principles and life application of the scripture. Despite the present-day challenges facing individuals, families, and our communities, we believe there is hope. 